This is a story called Remember the Bulb Socket. The story begins at Philadelphia International Airport, as so many of these narratives begin. I'm here to get a flight from PHL to CVG, Charlie Victor Golf, that is Cincinnati Airport, Northern Kentucky. I'm here watching the people of Philadelphia International Airport's Admirals Club Terminal in Terminal F. Terminal F, where hopes go to die. Terminal F, the last terminal at PHL. All of the small planes more up here. Only the small planes go here. Terminal F where a breeze delays your flight. Terminal F, where maintenance is eternal. So, being in the Admiral's Lounge at Terminal F is like sitting in the newest seat on an old school bus. Anyway, here are the people in the Admiral's Lounge. I'm looking at a woman in her 60s with silver hair. She's having a red wine phone conversation, or maybe a phone meeting. So I start writing down what she says. March 1st is the official transition date. Does that seem fair? Brandon will hold things in absolute confidence until you want to tell the group. If you want me to join the call briefly so, you know, she doesn't panic, it's always interesting to hear what he says in a public forum. Even when you're out, you, you can still be a part of... We're having an ICSO meeting in Boston, or Burlington, on June 8th, so... Ha ha ha, this is like hanging on to a fast-moving train. It's time to board, and I get on the plane and I lost my composure. I snapped at another passenger. This other passenger was trying to insist to a crew member that his hiking backpack would fit in the overhead compartment. The crew member was firm in the policy, so the, fat, so the passenger scoffed and said, you gotta be kidding me. I fit this thing on every overhead compartment on every plane. This is bullshit. Well, as this 40-year-old guy walks past me, I say to him, Don't give him that crap! And the passenger turns and looks back at me and says, What? With a half laugh. And I double down with, They work hard enough. And that was the end of our interaction with that passenger. But then... That started to stew with me. I felt bad that I involved myself in someone else's problem. Nothing was gained by that. God, what did you learn from that, Brian? Well, you learned that you're still not in control of your emotions. Seriously. You just ate a Caesar salad with pita chips and hummus for free. You were in an exclusive lounge away from the air airport's general populace and still... And still, 
and still you got all fixated on some stranger and another stranger and shoved yourself into the middle of it. And you, and you got checked bags too, Brian. It's not like the scoffing man walked it. Excuse me, I worded this wrong. And you've got check bags too, Brian. It's not like that scoffing man walked to the back of the plane and disappeared. He's going to be waiting for you at baggage claim. We're all going to be around the same conveyor belt at Cincinnati. What are you going to do? Stare him down? Well, if he says something to you, well, Brian, just stand near a TSA or airport staff member as you wait for your bag. That way... If that scoffing passenger is waiting for you, you'll have a credible witness. Why did I lose focus for just one second? Well, because crew member Tyler, I saw his name, the crew member's name is Tyler, was, from my perspective, being bullied. And I remember, Christ, I more than remember, I still get all emotional when I think about taking bullshit at the school bus stop every morning from self-satisfied, arrogant entitled abusers. They would do things like take my hat and pass it between them as I tried to get it back. They would flick my ear the second I looked away. They called me all the top 40 homophobic slurs back then, and there was nothing I could do. Just stand there and take their crap. And in this bite-sized clip on American Airlines flight whatever whatever from PHL to CVG, all those memories morphed into color stereo, and I snapped at some stranger who embodied all those smirking bullies from 1993. Tyler brings me my second gin and tonic and a bag of mini cookies. But then that man back there has his gripes about, has his gripes too, Brian. He has, he has problems that you don't know about. Your life, Brian, is cushioned by fans and a solid YouTube analytic. That snapping checked bag man may have had troubles that you, with your mechanical pencil and notebook and hipster eyeglass frames, can't understand. If he comes up to you at baggage claim, tell him that you're here to listen. Talk to me, sir. Tell me how you feel. Tell me your thoughts. Because people who snap at the help do it because no one else is listening. Or maybe no one they feel should listen is listening. Great. There's only one lavatory on this CRJ 700. One bathroom. A fucking CRJ 700. Why couldn't it be one of Tony Airlines' CRJ 900s? That has two bathrooms. One up front, one in the back. That means I have to walk back and that guy is gonna see me. I should keep my big Sony cans on my ears so he knows that I'm blocking everything out. Or maybe I could hold it. Hold two gin and tonics and a sip of water from the water fountain. This is embarrassing. I even did a preemptive pee before I boarded this plane. It's 4 p.m. now. We, we land in one hour and six minutes. Can I hold it for one hour? Tyler comes back and asks me if I want another GNT. I say, sure, why not? You know, I've never had a crew member come back and give me a third drink. He served me three drinks on a two-hour flight. That has never happened. Even on five-hour flights, you know, from PHL to LAX, I get served twice. 
and that's groovy in my eyes. This is a CRJ 700, two hour flight, and I'm gonna get lit. Maybe Tyler saw me stick up for him and he's being like, yo, this guy's cool. He's getting a third gin and tonic. This guy with the shirt and tie and buzzed head and IT glasses, yeah, he deserves a third drink. But now I have a real problem. My bladder is full and Mr. You're kidding me, don't check my hiking backpack is back there. And we're a critical one hour and, and, and we're a cr critical half an we are that critical halfway through the flight where the pee parade starts for all the passengers. And and I don't see a line for the bathroom, but I'm the only one watching the lavatory light up here in the front. And holy shit, it's off, and there's no line. So I go back there and pee, and I didn't see the guy, so he may have been sleeping, and whatever, and I got my bags, and it was all fine. So... But the theme of me forgetting to check my emotions or, or maintain or stay focused continues throughout this trip. I was only there in Cincinnati to film one car. But one, but one moment took precedent over everything. And it became a teachable moment for me. Because I didn't learn my lesson on the plane. Remember the bulb socket. My, uh, my assistant for this trip, uh, Nick Roman wasn't part of this one. Uh, was another YouTuber who I'll simultaneously refer to either as Foster or uh, his YouTube channel is called Adler the Eagle. He does animations. So he was a camera car operator and also took notes from um, from our volunteer. So there was this one moment where... Man, my phone's ringing somewhere. I'm not answering it. You guys are more important. Uh, Foster drives a... Like a 2009 uh, Mini Cooper S. That's the turbo model. Uh, Six-speed, very cool car. And very good handling car, by the way. And not the best camera car. We kind of figured that out. But it may do, and the video is going to be fine. Really, what I need is a super tiny tripod that's also thick enough to hold a five-pound camera. Anyway, I'm sure B&H Photo has something like that. So the tail lights of a mm, of a Mini Cooper S uh, have two light bulbs per tail light. Uh, there's, there's like one on the top and one on the bottom. It's kind of like redundant, and, and both of them are dual filament and they and they light up. My Subaru Forester, my second gen Subaru Forester, is the same way. So halfway through, we notice that one of his tail lights is out, and I'm going to be, hey, I'm the real car guy here, and I'm trying to impress Foster because. Like, uh, he's a role model for me. He's always super positive, and he does animation, something I cannot do. He also can sing in tune, something I cannot do. Anyway, he's also crazy. He has, like, metabolism. He never works out, but he's fucking ripped. Anyway, bastard. So, the, the back of the... Um the, the back... I, I, I decide I'm going to open the back, and I'm going to change his light bulb for him. Because he's out here, I'm not paying him for this. He's just here for funsies. So I'll change your, I'll change your tail light. So so I reach in the access panel, reach around, and I go to pull the electrical connector out. Now I'm thinking in Japanese terms, or or to to and also American terms, that the 
the light bulb is going to be the exact same mechanism as everything else. It's going to be that big rubber, uh, it, it may have a rubber grommet around it, it may not, but it's going to be that same plastic connector, uh, electrical connector on a wire. You squeeze it, you pull it, and then you let go of it because it's on a wire. It just goes, it goes away. And then you pull the light bulb out. Or sometimes the light bulb comes out with everything and it's the push down and turn the light bulb and then it comes right back out. It's that simple clip. Mm-mm, not mini because it's made by BMW. It has a bulb socket. The bulb socket comes completely out and there is no wire. There's no wire. The headlight, the taillight assembly itself is conductive. It, it just goes in there and there is like this cock ring that goes around the base of the, of the light bulb, the dual filament tail light bulb, and that's what makes the connection. But it comes out with the bulb and it's not attached to anything. So I pull it out, look at it, and I'm like, I, I, I see both filaments. It's, I don't know. Um, maybe it's burned out. I don't know. So I go to put it back in. And I'm butterfingers. It slips out of my hand. Or I drop it. And it drops down into the bumper. It drops down into the depths of the car body. It goes ding, 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 ding. It's like, oh no, I can't get to it. Not only can I get to it, I can't see it. And I became instantly remorseful and regretful because here's Foster. He's donating his time for me. He didn't ask me to try to fix it. I just wanted to be important. I wanted to show off that, hey, I know everything about cars. I'm going to fix this for you. And it falls down and, and it disappears into his car. I'm like, fuck. And I got to finish. And I've never had my emotions just go into the floor that I screwed this up. So I started thinking about how my father raised me, how he always used to catalog, catalog everything I did wrong. And he, 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 was, he was great. I know dad's listening to this. You did a good job. I don't know, maybe the naval officer thing of just cataloging everything just really got to me. So whenever I make a mistake, I take it to heart. And I, I've been in therapy and tried to like not be so hard on myself all the time. So I tried to continue focusing. The, the rest of the shoot went well. We stop at a Target and I get a super bright flashlight, like one of those tactical ones, which is actually kind of cool. I've never had one of these things. And I'm there shining it around inside the bumper through the access panel, trying to find out where this bulb socket went. And I can't see it. And I mumble to myself, this is the worst day of filming ever. And the volunteer is with me. And the volunteer is a huge, you know, a huge fan of RCR. This is the greatest day for him with his car. And it's the worst day for me. And I should have known just to be more positive. But how do you force your emotions back up? And Foster kept telling me, it's okay, Brian. It's okay. Don't worry about it. He would reach over and like pat my leg to make body contact. It's okay. And I didn't believe him. I'm the worst. I screwed everything up. So we get back to his house. The shoot's finished and everything. He keeps telling me it's okay. And I'm not quite processing it. I'm not accepting that it is okay. Because he still has one other tail light in the same bulb like all three of them still work there's just there's one less on the right side so i go back to his house order a new bulb socket a new plastic piece it'll come to his house probably by friday and everything's going to be okay but it's still like even even as i'm recording this i'm still depressed and i want to know how to 
like why this is. And I had this other long conversation with Juliet Johnson from New Zealand about how like I don't get excited about things anymore and I wish I did. I mean, I get excited about cars, but is this what getting older is? Like rarely do your emotions go above and below, but when they do, it's more intense. Is this the feeling of when like um when elderly folks start sundowning? Like when you see old men who I had a one uh, an old neighbor if Matt Walsh is listening, he knows what I'm talking about. Um who as he entered this this elderly neighbor who entered in the late stage of his life, everything was wrong. It just he became like a child again. So is this like um, a moment where I'm getting a taste of what it's like to be elderly, where one simple thing goes wrong and then your whole day is ruined? I mean, little kids get that way too, but usually they forget about it in like 20 minutes and then they're fine again. But what did you learn from this, Brian? You learn don't screw around with other people's cars unless you know what, you, what, what, unless you know what you're doing. Don't try to insert yourself into situations of which you have no leverage. Or don't insert yourself into situations where you've never been invited to. You're, you're not Mighty Mouse. You can't come and help fix things. Remember the bulb socket. So when you, so next time you feel like involving yourself in another person or involving yourself in another piece of machinery, or just, as they say, sticking your nose in business where it's that's sticking your nose into business of which you don't belong. That was an awkward way to say it. Remember the bulb socket. So you got to travel to Phoenix in like three or four weeks. So if you see shit going down or if you see stuff broken with your volunteers' cars, don't mess with them. Don't try to say, I know what to do. I can fix this. Leave it alone. Remember the bulb socket. You see people fighting in the grocery store? Don't get involved. Remember the bulb socket. You see a little kid screaming and crying and, and mom is just looking into, her, looking into her phone? Don't say anything to her. Remember the bulb socket. You see someone else on the highway road, road raging on someone else? Don't get involved. Remember the bulb socket. Remember the bulb socket. You'd be feeling a lot better right now if you didn't mess with Foster's broken taillight. It isn't even a broken taillight. It was just a bulb that was out. But see how you screwed that up? Remember the bulb socket. There's going to be situations, Brian, when you're going to be out there where other things are going wrong, but it doesn't concern you. Remember the bulb socket. You're not the boondock saints. This isn't grand tragedies. These are just minor annoyances that would get worse if you elbow your way into them. Remember the bulb socket. It's none of your business.